0: Sports Counterpoints Podcast. We're back at you. Uh, it's October 15th, 2020. I'm GB, Brian, and Coop on the lines as always, the host with the most. What's up, guys? Welcome back.
1: All right. That's good. Glad to be back. Man, yep. and we are after
0: it. Yep. We got got you guys uh, loud and clear in the ear. So today we're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, season's over, new champion crowned. We're going to talk about the NFL, and we'll talk a little bit about baseball as the playoffs are going on. So. Let's just dive right in, man. NBA season is over. First bubble season. Um maybe the last, maybe not. You know, we got to see what happens with the country. But, you know, what do you guys what do you guys think, man? Um, it's over. That was the first one, and the Lakers were able to pull it out. Um, you know, what do you guys thought? Speak, Be, uh, B, go ahead and kick us off.
1: Yeah, I'm really good. Look, obviously, super happy that the Lakers are the champions and that they they won. Um and I think pulled it off is a great description of it because Uh, both in the regular season and and before the bubble and in the regular season in the bubble, there were moments where the Lakers just looked like they were not going to be able to get it together and make a real run. I mean, that Toronto game on Sunday when they got into the bubble, they got the doors blown off of them. I know they've had problems with Toronto before, but they didn't look like a team that was even close to winning a championship. So, you know, you look back at that day and go, oh, and and see where we are now, you know, champions trying to figure out what the next steps are. That's just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Also in the playoffs, each round they had that one game where they lost and looked like they didn't belong in the playoffs at all. But they always came back really strong and yeah. won. And they did the same thing in the, 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 the finals. Um, and, well, one time where they looked really bad. The other time it, they just lost a game and it happens. Uh, but in the end, they, they came together. LeBron played some spectacular basketball um, and, and, and just did it. And I, I, as everyone's heard me say, I have not been a huge LeBron basketball player fan. I'm a, I am I have a big fan of him off the court. But what he did in the bubble, what he did in the playoffs, what he did after he won it, bringing out respect for Kobe and, and talking about what he wanted to do. Um, you know, I I find it hard not to be a fan of him as a basketball player. Wow. Um, at least to some extent, you know, yeah, he's not he's not my goat, but um he's damn sure in the conversation and and he was just he was everything you could possibly want from a a a great basketball player/leader slash leader of a team in the playoffs. So Jason, I don't what are your thoughts?
0: It just took what 17 years uh, and yeah. agreeing with the Yeah, Lakers. man. That's it. <laughs>
1: that's it. I'm a, I'm that's a hard right. sell. <laughs>
0: Man. That's funny. Uh, I thought
2: this uh, Lakers, first of all, I'm just going to go on record. I know you guys got the Lakers all the way. I said if they play the Clippers, they're getting beat. And thankfully, we didn't have to play the Clippers, so I didn't have to see that, but see that series go down. But um, I'm happy, of course, that the Lakers won. Diehard Laker fan, everybody knows I love the Lakers. Magic's my favorite player, just been a Laker fan since then. Never had any other team. But looking at this, this, this specific championship, this team – I think is a testament to LeBron's greatness. Uh, when I think of other great players, I, like, you know, like a Kobe, like a Jordan, even uh, to extent Magic, maybe even Kareem as well, or Duncan, it seems like that uh, those players, I mean, they're all great in their own right, but you, you need like a specific, maybe a system or two for those guys to like actually flourish and win championships. And with LeBron, it just seems like, man, you just throw him any player any coach and he just seems just to make things work no matter who he's playing with no matter who's the coach because he's never really had a great coach he never had like a phil jackson or a pat riley you know he gets these paul silas's you know frank Bogle's. i'm not saying frank Bogle's bad but he never has had one of those top tier you know high-end coaches I you know his teammates you true, know yeah. uh, you know he has ad yes but he doesn't really have, you know, teams like, you know, the Bulls had or like Lakers had or like San Antonio had where, you know, they can sustain, you know, championship runs for like, you know, a five year period of time or whatever. He just seems to work out with whoever he's playing with. And the way he played in the finals, you know, averaging 30 points and 12 rebounds and eight and a half assists in his 17th year in the league. I mean, I don't think people I think in some respects, the way LeBron is playing late in his career, he's kind of underappreciated because this people seem to act like you played 15 16 17 years this is the kind of performance you get and guys are falling off a cliff at this point if they're still playing in their career after 17 years and then you add all the playoff games you know which is another three years I mean what LeBron does to take care of himself and to be available and he did mention he never missed a playoff game which is true because he was in Miami you know Dwayne Wade was missing playoff games people like to give him a lot of props but Dwayne Wade was missing games and Nobody ever says anything about that. So this is a testament, I think, of to LeBron's greatness, his availability, the way he takes care of himself and, you know, just putting up numbers and um, doing what he promised. You know, he knows he's LeBron is a very smart person. He knows the history of the game and he knows that if you don't deliver a championship to L.A. and you play for the Lakers and you call yourself a superstar, then you pretty much are just a, you know, a regular guy. You know what I'm saying? And he delivered his championship. He submitted his legacy. Three MVPs, three different teams, three different teams, three different championships, and I'm just hoping that uh, you know, we all know he's probably de facto GM. I just hope he brings in some more guys to help us win next year.
0: I um, only thing I was thinking, man, I'm I'm excited about it, right? It's great to have the Lakers as champs again. Um I'm spoiled for sure because, like you said, Coop, I've been a Laker fan. You know my well, y'all know my dad, but for anyone who doesn't, pops is from LA, big Laker fan. So I've been you know Lakers since birth, right, since the baby seats. Uh, so I'm spoiled because I've seen hella championships, even like as a dang near a newborn, they was winning and then you know teenage years, all of it until now. But what I was just thinking is, as you guys were saying this, LeBron in his 17th year, etc. AD, I'm wondering, man, this bubble and the corona and the layoff, I actually think this helped the Lakers because I don't know, after seeing AD, who my biggest thing was, and w- when they traded, I said this too, was like the injury worries because you traded away a whole team that is starting in new orleans you traded all them away for ad and ad's hurt often and he was right in the in this playoffs like at least damn near once a game i was concerned he was coming out (laughs) because he was injured bro
1: or wouldn't be able to play the next game
0: right right every time so if without those months off i'm wondering like would we have even been able to sustain you know what i mean You, you factor in a few of those injuries and some losses on some road trips and Wear and tear on LeBron, trying to carry the team to get him to the playoffs, and then all the playoff games and the travel. And you know, I wonder if the outcome's the same. You know what I mean? I think this was a, a benefit for the Lakers because their stars, their star, LeBron, is an older in terms of league, right? He's still amazing, still great, but in terms of league, he's still an older dude. Uh, AD's often yeah. injury prone, and then there was n- not really, to me, any third guy from there. It varied every game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so going to step up? I have up. to agree with you.
2: A lot, yeah, on that one. I, I think, I think that layoff for for COVID, I think it helped LeBron more because he's a, a much older player with a lot more wear and tear on his body. Definitely. Because he looked refreshed. Yeah, I mean, I saw Dame look tired. I saw Jimmy Butler tired. I saw James Harden tired, and LeBron never looked tired. Right, he looked like he still had energy and and was fresh. So I think the layoff did help, and because of that. I think LeBron is only going to play between 65 and 70 games next year. I really to. do. If they go back to the regular thing, I don't think he's going to play, you know, the 75, to 80 games because of it.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Well, he's to... I mean, I, the one thing I, I've respected about LeBron is his point of view on um, playing games. Like, he doesn't take games off yep. because of that. Because he says, you know, that might be the one time that some kid and their dad – Got a ticket to see me My play, concern. and I, I decided right. to drop out. Yeah, um, but you know, I can absolutely see um, aspects of load management happening where he plays a quarter and yeah. you know doesn't play the, the next three or or whatever, right? Because you're right, he does have more mileage than anybody in the history of the game when you yep. take into account Olympics and yeah, um, and uh, playoffs and yep. and you know getting to the finals pretty much every year for. The last like, what seven or eight, yeah. um, you know. The, so he's definitely can't. put in his time. I, I do think you guys were talking a little bit about this. They're going to have to find a real number three so that when Le, so that LeBron can pick his games to score 13, 12, and eight as and have other games where it's AD and whoever this third is, um, who run it where he just gets you know whatever it is ten, uh, ten seven and, and, and eight, right? Like, you yeah. know, more pedestrian numbers. Yeah. Um, but I also think the one thing that's going to be an X factor, LeBron is legitimately pissed about not getting the MVP this year. Yeah. And there is a part of me that thinks that he's got his championship and he's going to come out next year. And the only focus he's going to have in the regular season is going to be to get the MVP and tell mm. everybody that, you know, he's the oldest person to get the MVP, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be able to do it. I'm just saying there's a part of me that believes that he might try that. Yeah. And that would be bad for the Lakers because of the amount of time he would have to put in to yeah. get to that. You know,
2: yeah, I remember the last time he was upset, man, when Derrick Rose got it, which was completely unfair. I don't even – people were just mad he went to Miami, so the, you know how the media is. They like stories, and Derrick he was Rose the villain, was so they didn't enough. vote for him. But uh, he shut Derrick Rose down. 16 percent shooting the fourth quarter every game of that series. He just completely took Derrick Rose out of the game. In the fourth right. Quarter. I mean, he was that. He was hella mad. So, so yeah. I, I I'm not saying he would do it, but Brian, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. He wouldn't. Yeah, surprise exactly. Me. He got his title, so
1: it's not like everybody's gonna get mad if he don't win next year. So I exactly. And if and if he and and it's it's hard to argue. Like if he goes out and plays MVP caliber basketball. And what happens is he gets hurt because that's what we're worried about, right? Like right. If he plays all that and he gets hurt. It's it's hard for people to point the finger at him and say anything other than he's an older player and and right. and all of that. But um, but yeah, that's, that's the worry, right? I, I really do think they need to find a real number three. I think we for all sure. agree, and it's been proven that for it is sure. not Kuzma. Um, no. You know, no, playoff Rondo is playoff Rondo, not regular season Rondo. And while I think Alex Caruso is going to be a very good player in the league, he's not, I don't think, ever going to be a perennial all-star no. or the number three three of the guy on the team. He's going to always yeah. be the very good player that you want on your team, um, yep. which I hope we find a way to keep him. Because I, like, I love watching Caruso's game, For sure. his energy, but he's not going to be the guy in the pictures with LeBron and AD and the one other guy, like they always have that picture of the big yep. three yep. on a team. It ain't going to be, you know, yep. Caruso, in well, spite of how good of uh, uh, he he is and how much yeah. he's done for the team. He's a glue guy. Well, He's he an averaged. energy guy. He's uh, all that. No,
0: I just think he's a glue guy, energy guy. He's all that. But I don't see the three. I just don't yeah. I don't see that person on this team, is all I'm saying. Go ahead. Well, Joel. no. Well,
1: yeah. Caruso averaged
2: 6-2-2 two, and two in the NBA Finals. So, yeah, he's definitely not that guy. But the thing is, though, Rick, Brian, you made a good point. And I also want to uh, ask you a question as well. Glenn, going back. I am I'm spoiled too man I've watched the Lakers win 11 titles so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 spoiled I'm, I'm I'm with you on that but Brian um you make a good point on that about the number three do you have anybody in mind because that person is not on this team they've had ample time and opportunities to present themselves and it didn't happen yep. do you have a good number three
1: guy you think so here's the problem the problem is is that they have a lot of constrictions. So I am I'm actually, I'm, I made sure that before we started talking, I pulled up all their salary cap information for this year and for next year. And here's the problem. They're going to have to trade for that person, yeah. right? And all of their money is tied up right now in two players, right? LeBron James at 25% of their cap space wow. and f- almost $40 million at uh, $39.2 million, and Danny Green. So what you have to do oh, is yikes. you have to put together a trade that includes Danny Green and someone else. So Danny Green's the money; he ain't the he ain't right. the he ain't the guy you're trading you're, you're trading for. He's the fifteen million dollar right, got and then it. you're gonna probably add Kyle Kuzma is is a realistic. You. You're not gonna get anybody else to take Avery Bradley and JaVale McGee and Quinn Mark Cook, Keith
0: Morris, and so
1: no, you know what that right. no none of those guys are signed. Those are the, that, that's the whole <coughs> list. of the their oh, options except it. for. Alex Caruso, and I do think, and I I really worry about this, because I want to see Alex Caruso be uh, a long-term Laker, uh, just like I wanted to see some others, but I do worry that if you're going to trade for that third guy, and you're going to get the uh, and the the Beal um, or uh, dude in, in Indiana um, uh, Oladipo?
0: Oladipo? Yeah,
1: Oladipo. If you're going to get one of those types of guys, you're going to have to give up more than Kuzma, who didn't show up enough, and more than Danny Green, who's just a number. Um, and his, tough. his past his prime, right? Like it, it's just a reality that he's he's being paid based on what he did earlier in his career, yeah. not what he's doing now in his career. Yeah. And uh, the only way I can see that happening is you take Caruso's two, $2.75 million, you take Kuzma's $4 million, you tack that on to Danny's Green million, and all of a sudden you got a $25 million, $23 to $25 million player. Oh, guess what? That opens up a lot of options for for a number three guy. So here's the thing. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to find anybody who wants that. Like if you're if you're the Washington Wizards, why do you want Danny Green's contract and, and Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma and Anthony Alex Caruso to go along with with uh, John Wall? Like you're not going to win anything that way. Um, if, if you're Indiana, you know, you're, you're a playoff team. Why would you want that? You're not going to win any more games with that than you are with Oladipo. So the next best possibility, here's my conspiracy theory, Mm. is they're blowing up. They're they're blowing up Oklahoma again. And I think the best possibility is that the best possibility is going to be that they need to figure out a way or talk to whoever or make whatever phone call. And get Chris Paul bought out, Ugh. so he can come and be that third guy. Um, and I think <laughs> you, I think that oh. I think that there's the playoffs, there's though. some there's some um, there's some there's some LeBron James being the agent magic that might happen. So there's my conspiracy theory. Oh. I don't I don't see a situation in which they can find a three with what they have. And I think so, they're going to have to look at the buyout market. And if you look at the buyout market, there's really only one name that's out there, and that's that's Chris Paul.
2: Uh, I, before I get to my question, you know if we get Chris Paul, you know what the next speculation is going to be. Well, Melo Anthony's going to come, yeah, come here yeah, next oh year.
1: Gosh. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I, <laughs> I would have liked Melo this
0: year. I'm not going to lie. And, and Danny Greenspot. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: I'm not even going to lie. Well, yeah. No, look. I absolutely see the conspiracy theory. I also think that that conspiracy theory – might actually be the best thing that can happen to Lakers, given what we're about to lose. Because, because I'm sure we'll talk about it in a, either now or another time. But I, you know, Rondo's going to have a market, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get him back at the, the low numbers. Um, Dwight Howard's going right. to have a market, yeah, right. Um, and I don't know if we're going to get him back at, at those numbers. And and those guys were were key, you know. Yeah. To they are, I don't know that Markeith Morris is going to take a, a min deal like he, he did to come play with us. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys who are on minimum deals who have raised their stock enough that they don't need to take 1.2, 1.5, 1.7 million dollar deals. They can go get three million dollar deals, yeah. and the difference between 1.5 and three million dollars is enough to make someone say, you know, it was really nice playing with you all, Lakers, and thank you for the ring, but I'm out,
0: especially out of California. Yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody needs to. Uh, the Lakers
2: really need to get Danny Green shot twenty nine percent from three and thirty three percent for the series. He, he got. I'm I'm over him. He has to go. But yeah, he's past his prime. Brian, just the question I want to ask you. Yeah, I know you were much higher. We all know you were much higher on the Lakers' talent than I was. I was very yeah. low on them, and I was happy that they all got shipped out for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Now here is my question. You're about to ask my. The question.
1: Lakers have won the title. Yeah. Are you cool with it now? Oh hell yeah! No, look, <laughs> oh, and I but I, I did yeah, say it then. I, you know, I understood. I I thought we so it, what, from what I read, teams wanted Ingram or Kuzma, and like, the mistake I thought we made was that we thought Kuzma was going to be a better fit as the third guy than Ingram was, and I thought Ingram was going to be the better third guy. That's what I was. That was ask. my that's, that's that was my, my beef, question. and I oh, still okay. think. He would be he would have been the better third guy. Um, most improved player in the league. You know, you know, Jason, I know how much you like him. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I was I was always cool with the trade. I just think that the Lakers made a mistake in the talent evaluation between Kuzma and Ingram and thought Kuzma, who was going to end up being the, the better third guy. And my problem with that was Kuzma's a gunner, he he wants to chuck. He is not interested in playing team basketball. He's not interested in playing defensive basketball. He wants to chuck, and and that's great. But it doesn't have a place on a team with two superstars in an um, AD and in LeBron. So that was it. That was my beef. Okay. Um, but yeah, yes. I, absolutely uh, okay with the result. You know, regardless of what I thought before, I didn't care what at this point, I don't care what we gave up then to get where we are now. Right. Gotcha.
2: Um, OK, so now I get our disconnect. Your disconnect. Yeah. OK, because my disconnect was my issue was Brandon and LeBron don't work on the court together. That was my issue. But you're you. But you think the opposite. You think they would have worked. And, yeah. the, and the Lakers, as far as evaluating young talent, let's yeah. just be honest. They're not good at it. I mean, let's we could just go through the draft well, picks if we really want. We're well, not, wait, but wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: Let's go through the draft picks, though. Randall's Lonzo? made a uh, Randall's, no, wait. Randall's made a pretty good career for himself. Uh, Ingram is the most improved player. I agree with you on Lonzo. Um, you know, never really liked him. Even then, the guy's about to. to make some serious money. Our, our deep, what is it, second round, sure, we'll just take him and see what happens next. Ivaka Zubak is now the starter on the team you thought was going to beat the Lakers and the Clippers, um, which we gave away for free and gave money to get rid of. Um,
2: okay, let me rephrase what and, I'm saying. And Talon, right. Horton,
1: re- and Talon Horton Tucker has looked pretty good, too. Okay, um, let me
2: rephrase it. Let me rephrase what I'm saying. Was, yeah. As far as talent evaluation for drafting somebody in the top two or three.
1: Oh, okay, we God, we've not, been.
2: We, no, we haven't did it. Those we, guys aren't two, three, uh, like draft. Those, those guys aren't second and third, you know, overall pick type of talent people.
1: They can play yeah, we've, in the
2: NBA, but, you know.
1: You know, obviously perfect. we wish we could get um, uh, hey, no, Tatum yeah, mm-hmm. we wish we could get Tatum. We wish we could get a uh, dude in Phoenix. Um, Booker. Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker, Booker. Who, was a, yeah. who was a possibility. Like, yeah, there's definitely definitely some problems there. I think, honestly think the problem with the Lakers drafting at the top is that they draft through the SI and ESPN mm-hmm. um, rankings as opposed yeah. to evaluate talent. And the thing that I always loved about Jerry West, he did not give a shit excuse the language about what any talent evaluator thought other than himself. Right. Right. He, he would have taken Kobe Bryant. Number one, if they had the pick that year, the only thing he knew was the best player in this draft, as far as I'm concerned, is Kobe Bryant. And I will do whatever I can take. I can take him at one through 25. And he knew that, you know, eight was a sweet spot or whatever. That's the kind of talent evaluation that we don't do. And so I was having a conversation with a friend of ours, Alvin recently, um, as actually it was earlier today. And I said, you know where Polinka really is going to earn the credit because Magic <coughs> sucked, right? And and that's and, and that's the other thing I get to get to say to a lot of people: Magic sucked at the job. Um, but Polinka hasn't proven that he's good at it yet. And when he's going to prove that he's good at it is this summer, when he has to build a team from with everybody running for cover. Now that we won a championship, um, and we'll we'll see will we'll see what happens. He doesn't get a lot of credit for me. For for the past, it was you know LeBron put this team together more more than Belinka did, but right. you know the hard work started you know this a couple you know a couple days ago. All right. Yeah. I got a uh, that's real. So
0: I got a quick thing. Um One apparently Magic is only good at basketball in basketball yeah. operations, like within any other job he held within basketball hasn't been that great outside
2: magic great is not his gm
0: and he's not a coach i mean that's that's great
2: not but name
1: man. a yeah. name a superstar name a, name one of the top 10 best players right and you, I don't, i'm not asking you yeah. who they are just yes, yes. Right. pick someone you think is in the conversation for top 10 and and, and tell me what they've been good at besides larry bird right um, a solid coach. you know i don't have larry bird in my top 10 but some people do he's yeah. by far the only person yeah. who has had success
0: yeah.
1: outside well, of was, um, but, playing. But well, this
2: guy yeah. isn't top 10, but I give Isaiah Thomas credit. He he can spot some talent. He, he
1: can, can spot talent. It.
2: Yeah, he can't coach it, but yeah. he can spot some talent. Yeah, That's what I'm that.
1: saying. It's, the, the guys in the top 10 are so hyper-focused yeah. on how they play basketball and how they did things that they don't have the ability to build a yeah. team around the pieces that they have and the people that they can get. They're trying to recreate what they had back then, you know, and, and Magic couldn't do it. And he's and, too unique. Magic yeah. is way too unique. He, exactly. He yeah,
2: it's
1: and a, he's like, the, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get LeBron. LeBron's going to be like, you know, just like me. Like, no, even right. there's obviously there's 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 similarities because they're they're tall. They're athletes. They can play the point. They can pass it. All that. I get all of that. But, yeah, Magic was never able to to imagine anything other than what he had. He had one yeah. vision for how a basketball team can win a championship, and it was the you know the the, the Lakers that he played on. That was it. Yeah. And, you, and you can't do that. And the same yeah. for when he was coaching. He was awful at coaching. I feel yeah. like... Uh, well, you yeah. also can't be a talk show host, yeah. just for those yeah. of you who remember that. I the feel magic like, a, a like, like yeah. Kobe, Kobe <laughs> could have been that oh, guy. Boy, Glenn, my my just Go say, I
0: feel like Kobe was kind of leaning towards he could have been that guy who was going to be like a, so. a top player and a, and a good coach. I don't know if he's going to coach in the league, but what he was teaching and how he was doing, what he was doing was pretty solid, but
1: yeah. yeah. Well, I'd also it's think too, that, that I think it, Plink has alluded to this, that I think Kobe was a shadow GM. Yeah. Um, right. And, and I do think that Kobe had that, that, that business mentality where that if he had gone into the front office and been a VP of operations um, or GM, you know, not a coach, uh, he would have he would have ran everybody out the room, but if he would have yeah. been a, a, a you know someone like a VP operation, I do think Kobe could evaluate talent or things of that nature.
2: Um, yeah, me, yeah, he's a solid and guy. I do think bless that
1: Polinka is going to, um, yes, you know, like I said, the real job started. He's got to do it without Kobe, without LeBron, yeah, because um, and and really build a team. we yeah, see I if he know. can do it.
2: Yeah, I, I heard, uh, you know, a long time ago that one of the reasons why Genie wanted Palenka is to get the ear get Kobe. of Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To have Kobe's, you know, input here or there about things, because Kobe was definitely involved. And Kobe actually, you know, respects LeBron, but some simple fact, because Kobe, Kobe knows coming to L.A., you have to take on that challenge. You know what I'm saying? And LeBron took on that challenge, which is one of the reasons why he didn't respect Dwight Howard back then, because Dwight really didn't want to take on that challenge, and LeBron did. So, you know, you gotta give, you know, props to some. It's like coming in after Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? That's a hard thing to do. It's not easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You come into a town like LA LA, this isn't LeBron's town, it's, it's Kobe's town.
0: Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So
2: to come and to somebody. They made else's
0: it blatantly town, clear when he came
1: to.
2: Right. And it was clear by fans and everything. Like some fans didn't even want LeBron here,
1: you know, yeah. in LA. So one of them's on no, the call But I right was now. one of them. I know. One right. of on the call. And, and I will say that he is LeBron has played this perfectly. Because he has he never, does. at any point in time, said this is my town. He said this is Kobe's town, and I'm going to carry on his legacy. And I have, no, you know, his passing obviously kind of helped shape that that mentality. Um, but since he got here, LeBron has has gone about it the right way, um, and I think a lot of the people who were like me, maybe along the same lines as me, have softened their stance about. LeBron is a Laker. Um and I'm not talking about as a champion, Because like, if you would ask me three weeks ago, I think we maybe we even did talk about this, how he has handled everything since Kobe's past, um, and and how he's what he's said and, and how he's positioned himself to talk about the the civil rights issues and civil unrest, uh has made me a fan. Even if we didn't win this year, uh, I'd have been him and Han if we hadn't, but I wouldn't have any issues with how LeBron played it. Um, because I thought he did a great job.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, uh, uh yeah, Brian. Uh, a lot of people
2: have felt like you like other people who are like Warrior fans. They're not even Laker fans. Like other teams, they're like, you know what? You know, since he became a Laker, and I hear him speak about this and that. You know, what I'm saying if you, you know, you you kind of have to like him at least. You kind of you know have to, saying? right? Yeah, and you know, respect what he says because, like I said, he's just he's putting it out. He's the one athlete that's. I mean. You could say Jordan is better all you want, but he's the one athlete putting it out there all the time. You know, social issues. This is wrong. Then we need to do this. We need to do that. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. You know, so you got to give him some kind of. Prompt,
1: and him you know? and yeah, and him and AD were the ones that were like, I'm ready to leave if we don't have. You know, they were the ones that led the charge that we're going to leave the bubble. We're going to leave the, the NBA if if these situations aren't addressed some kind of way. Yeah, um, sure. they, they're the ones that had to be t- talked off the meat wagon. <clears throat> Um when when things started to kind of go sideways. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good.
0: I think um what was I gonna say? Okay, so quickly let's also talk about the other team in the playoffs. What do you guys think about Miami? What'd you learn about them in this? Heart, I, I'll, more I'll,
2: heart. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start oh, yeah. With it. It's uh it definitely more heart hustle. They're one of them teams you play, man, that you know is going to be a tough out because they're gonna give it all they got. And you know, I think Eric Spolster is a is a is definitely an above-average coach. And, you know, you knew he was going to get those guys to play and to believe. I mean, that's the one thing you have to do as a coach, get your team to believe. You know, they're the Lakers. Yeah, they got LeBron AD, but you got to believe that you're going to beat them. But in the end, I'm sure we all knew that we had the two best players in the series and that, you know, they ended up winning. Uh, also, got a lot of respect, man. Jimmy, but- The narrative on Jimmy Butler has changed tremendously. This guy was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. a malcontent, hard to get along with. He don't want to win, blah, blah, blah. He is fit in perfect. He doesn't like young guys, but he's fit in perfectly with those young guys they got out there in, uh, in Miami. He's passing the ball. He's believing in them. They're hitting clutch shots. He's like a real, true leader. So the so going to Miami has helped Jimmy Butler a lot. Um, but it's a scrappy team, but they're, they're definitely going to need uh, another star player if they want to try to get over the hump. I think mm-hmm. being in the bubble helped him. Because, yeah. like I said, the bubble helps young teams because there isn't any travel. So you're pretty much going to the same gym all the time. You don't have to worry about crowds and everything like that. That affects young, you know, younger players. You know, i which is why you have those teams in college that have those 82 game home winning streaks because you know, kids be 19 year old kids are flustered on the road and crowd kind of gets to them. So they didn't have to deal with that in the bubble. So I think being in the bubble really, really helped them. But and those guys balled out. I mean, you got to give them credit. They, they kept trying. They were hitting tough shots. They were hitting threes, making shots they were supposed to make. But overall, like Brian said, I think they're just a scrappy, uh, more more scrappy and tough than, than talented team. And they gave it all they could. But in the end, we all know the talent wins in the NBA. And, uh, you know, they end up losing.
1: Yeah. Um, heart can only get you so far. And we saw exactly how far it could get you. It gets get you to, to three and two in the NBA Finals, which is a pretty darn good place to be. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, I followed him when he was in Minnesota and you, when you, like they say, don't argue with fools. Cause people from a distance don't know who's, who's, who, uh, I watched him and the rest of the team and Carl Anthony towns, uh, argue constantly. And you really couldn't tell who the bad guy and who the good guy was, uh, you know, since they, that, that breakup has happened. Um, the coach is, is now, you know, out of coaching or maybe he's back at this point. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is is teaming up with his best buddy and D'Angelo Russell, and and Jimmy's, you know, in the finals, looking like an MVP, uh, a finals MVP candidate. Um, you know, went to went to Philly. Uh, also didn't get along with you know Simmons, but got along a lot with some of the other players. Uh, ultimately, wasn't brought back there. But the people who talk about Jimmy as a teammate positively can't say enough about him and how he at the beginning of the season said, we got basketball players here. We're going to do this. It was his energy. It was his desire and leadership. And then ultimately effort in the, in the actual playoffs that got him to that point. Um, Their narrative has definitely changed. Uh, It won't matter. He signed a long time deal with Pat Riley, who um, isn't going to let Jimmy go anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so you know that's that's going to be the bulk of Jimmy's career, and I don't know, I don't know that for as good as those players are, Duncan Robinson and and Tyler Hero are, I don't know that they're ever going to be enough to get to the next level. There's been plenty of talk about Giannis. I don't think that's happening. I think Giannis is staying where he's at. It's hard to pass up two hundred and somewhat million dollars. Um,
2: Amen. <laughs> but if you headed
1: Giannis and, and and Jimmy to Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson uh that is talent and heart uh and that'd be a really dangerous combination but anyways i, I just got I had a lot more respect for, for miami i at every point in the playoffs, I would have written them off for dead I didn't, I didn't I thought Boston had more talent and would be able to to overcome him um you know i i, I thought Indiana had more talent and could overcome him um, I didn't think Philly did, but uh you know i and I thought Toronto was the best team in the east so um and they none of them could do it, right? None of those, none of those teams could do anything with them.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, it was um, a great, a great series. I mean, I, I don't. They just didn't have enough firepower, and I think we all knew that going in. And just they just didn't have enough. But it was cool to see the young guys, like y'all said, just kind of. Like I didn't, I never really watched Tyler Harrow or uh, Robinson or any of those guys, honestly. So it's kind of my first experience, and they were, you know, they're a hard team. They just need one more, one more player. You know what I mean? Maybe Kawhi will go there. Who knows? But um. All right. So that's NBA. Uh, let's switch to the NFL. Um, right now we're a few weeks in. We've had a couple COVID uh games pushed out, uh moved. We've had that go. We've had some major injuries. Um, and then so we can kind of just check in. I mean, all our teams are. One are your teams kind of where you thought they'd be at this point of the season, and then let's just kind of bounce around. Like, what are you thinking? You know, how are you feeling about NFL right now?
1: Go ahead, B. The NFL is a disaster. Um, it's just, it's like depressing. I was actually just having a text-based conversation with uh, someone that I, you know, I play in a lot of fantasy football leagues with, and we were just talking about, you know, we'll be real, real lucky if the, the NFL can make it past week 11 um, with all that's going on. And, and it just doesn't seem to be a solution or a plan or an idea of how it should work. That's all COVID talk. Then you talk about the actual football and players are getting injured, major injuries left and right. I don't think it's a coincidence that when you have a shortened camp um, and no preseason and, you know, those types of things that kind of get you into football playing shape that uh, that bigger injuries occur. The same thing has happened. If you look back historically, when players take off a season or sit out for the first five games, those players <laughs> Are the ones who usually end up getting hurt when they come back, right? You see it all the time. Player sits out the the training camp trying to work on a deal, sits out four or five games, comes back three games later, they they tear an ACL or Achilles or whatever. There's there, you know, I don't know that you necessarily need all those preseason games, but you definitely need a full camp that's done in this that way to get people ready for the physical nature of, of football. So the storyline for me has been um, COVID. Just watching the disaster is which games are going to get played this week, um, and and two injuries, which I think are somewhat related to the COVID issue because we weren't able to have a, a, a full build up to a season like we had in years past. Um, I can talk about the individual teams, but you know, Jason, why don't you kind of go off of that first and yeah. you kind of give your first blush impressions?
2: Yeah, I won't go. I, my is strictly I'm mean, plus with my team, is injuries. Um, I you know. People say the players don't need preseason because college, they don't need it. I just think I've always thought that was BS. I think when you play a sport like the NFL, a violent sport like the NFL, and, you know, with all that, you know, I guess we want to say regulated violence and speed that that game is played, you at least need a couple of preseason games to, uh, you know, to get acclimated, at least, especially if you're a rookie coming out of college because the game speed is, is so much faster. Uh, I agree with you, Brian. I was going to bring up that point myself. Those guys, is always holding out for deals missing all the camp and all the preseason games. Those are the guys, and maybe some games in regular season, they come back and they get hurt and they have all these nicks and injuries because they haven't, you know, haven't gotten their body used to playing football. They're just coming in off the street and thinking they can play. And it's just not, and which is why tackling especially was bad. You know, people were talking about how high the scores were. It's because nobody was tackling, you know, nobody had preseason games to tackle. So the tackling was bad the first, what, two, three weeks of the season. And you have all, right. all these, you know, high scores, you know what I'm saying? So and also if you are a, um, now if you were an offense, you know, pretty much like the Tennessee Titans, which is, pretty, you know, you know, give it to Derrick Henry most of the time and have Tannehill throw sometimes. I mean, you really don't I don't know, probably don't even need too many preseason games or too many practices, which is why I didn't actually get why a lot of people just automatically assume Buffalo was going to beat Tennessee because Tennessee didn't practice due to covid. I mean that offense isn't something that's like you know they're not slinging it all over the field. They just handed it off to a real big running back and bowling over people. So um,
1: you know so whatever. And that's a sm- and that's look you're lucky to have that kind of a strategy. If your offense and your situation is so simple that your strat- your strategy is I'm going to give it to my big guy and let him run over your big guy, right. that's that's football you can play in this situation. Right, right. You know yeah. and look at the look at some of the running backs who are doing well like Dalvin Cook um, is running over people. Like I know he's awesome. But he's not, you know, he's he looks probably a little bit better because his style is, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit a hole, and I'm going to run hard and fast and hit you and keep trying to keep going, and yeah. and that's the same thing with Derrick Henry and and those running backs are having success. The ones who aren't, um, the Kansas City Kansas City running back who's a little yeah. supposed to be a little bit more shifty, right? That's that's been a problem. The running backs who need to be shifty and make moves and make plays. Are having a harder time than the ones who just solicit contact, Um, and I think that has to do with with uh, with all the uncertainty. The other thing is, is is to what you mentioned. There have been so many times where New England or Atlanta or Kansas City or you know Tennessee or any of these teams, they're not even they they lose four days of practice and then they are like, hey, you got to play on Sunday. By the way, you're going to get into your facilities for the first time on Thursday or Friday. Um. And now you got to get ready for a football game, and then they yeah. go in there and lose the football game, and people are like, "Well, wait a minute, Kansas City is so much better than than X, Y, Z, or yeah. you know, they're, they're this person." Yes, but it really does matter to get reps, walk through, and have access to your facilities, um, yeah. and it's just a new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, de- I definitely, you, um, yeah, definitely agree. It's it's been uh, really just just interesting to see. You know, everything you guys are saying is is spot on. I've just been really. One, I always wonder, though, because we, we have injuries every year. You always get a guy who gets injured in training camp is out for season. You get a guy who gets injured in, you know, a preseason game. He's gone for season. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see, because I know you do research like that, B. Like, is it actually more than normal or is it along the lines of what we're used to seeing as far as injuries? Um, and the other thing for me is I, I, I've said this before, but I'm saying it again, like as a spectator from the couch, Having fans in the stadium does not matter at all.
1: Nope, nope. All. Not to me. Never. Not Never unless has. I'm one of them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never <laughs> has. Straight up.
1: Um, you know, they pipe in some. They pipe in some sound, and I barely notice. Uh, I wish they actually would stop piping in the fake fan noise because they, the the fake fans don't know when to cheer and when not to cheer. Yeah, like annoying. getting louder on on plays where you we usually be telling you quiet. But anyways. So I have tried to find some definitive statistics on whether or not our injury rate right in the NFL is higher now than it is. The statistics aren't there, but everyone is saying the same thing and all of the, um, the players are thinking the same thing. So whether it's the perception um, then, or the, the reality, the perception is definitely that people are getting injured more frequently. They're bigger injuries. So this is not people tearing hamstrings. This is people turning like Achilles and MCLs. And um, the injuries are bigger and more important and, and more impactful than they, than they have been in other seasons. And when you think about it, I mean, look at all the running backs. It's not – we're only six weeks into the season. Yeah, you probably lose three or four starting running backs over the course of the season. But McCaffrey, super quickly. Barkley, super quickly. Um, you, know, you all lost Nick post that's a defensive player Nick Chubb uh yeah. super quickly I, you know yeah. if you look at your top five people um who are who are injured and, and, and sorry from the draft and who are injured there's a lot of there's a <clears> lot of similarities <throat> in in um anyways it, I just I think it's real uh I, that one weekend where where they were breaking into the NFL game to talk about all these major players that were getting dropped down. And, and Jason's basically texting us a starting lineup for an all-star team of people in San Francisco who were then out. Uh, it, it's rough.
2: That, game, man. that was our season.
1: The yeah. 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 You, know, you can go through. There are uh, teams that are avoiding the injury bug for whatever the reason are teams that people are saying are unexpectedly better than they are. You know how many people the Chicago Bears have on the injury list right now? How many? Two. Oh, damn. And, and look, they're unexpectedly better than what they're supposed to be, yeah. right? Um, you know, there are a lot of these teams that are unexpectedly better. When you look at them, they're healthier than, than the other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, not to pick on the Raiders, but the Raiders are also a very healthy team by comparison to others. And they're doing better than most of us expected. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Glenn thought they were going to be this good, but I know you and I didn't, Jason. Right. Uh, and right. and and they've been lucky enough that if you look at the list of players that are that are hurt on their team, Carl Nassi, Brian Edwards, Malik Collins, Cassian Nixon, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, nobody on that list jumps out as, "Oh crap, we have problems."
0: Yeah. Um and to that very point. And that's that's we fortunate. Had, we that's had very Rush fortunate. Out, we had Trent Brown out and we lost the game. We get them back, we beat the Chiefs. So, you know, <laughs> right. bit, uh, what they say, like, the best ability is availability. And this availability. is an like, interesting season because of you add another thing that can make a player unavailable. So, yeah, it's been interesting so far. Is there any – are there any teams that are – I mean, I know we've talked about, like, the Bears and stuff. Is anyone else surprising you, good or bad? Uh,
2: man, I I I got to say this, man. <clears throat> I know Russell Wilson Detroit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I know Russell <laughs> – Wrong. I know I'm Russell Wilson me. is good, but let me tell you something. That Seattle defense, statistically, to this day, is the worst in NFL history. That defense is horrible. And yeah, they're 5-0. But, I mean, Russell Wilson, I mean, it's like that game between them and the Dallas Cowboys. Did they play the Dallas Cowboys? I think they played the Cowboys. Maybe it wasn't somebody somebody else. But um, it was the Cowboys. Russell Wilson, it's like he just has a knack and an ability to make – plays when you really need them and that's what Dak has never really been able to do and when they played each other I mean when it comes when it came down to it was only a one possession game Russell was able to get it done and Dak was I think he had a fumble and an interception that game and they lost by seven points but Russell Wilson I mean it looks like the MVP is probably his to get and with that historically bad defense I mean it's just kind of impressive Uh, another team that has surprised me is the Carolina Panthers your boy, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. They are tied for first place with the old guys, Tampa Bay and New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, for the reason why I'm surprised is because that entire coaching staff, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, the head coach, they just—they were in college last year. And these guys are coaching NFL against, you know, NFL coaches against NFL players. And they're three and two. Now, I know they beat the, the Falcons last week, but, I mean, still, hell. I mean, they have two other wins. They've beaten NFL teams. This is a college staff. So I think Carolina a few years from now, I'm not sure if Teddy B's going to be the quarterback or not, but if he is, I mean, they, they're they going to have something going in Carolina. So those are the two teams in the NFC uh, that have uh, impressed me. You got a couple, B? Yeah. So
1: I'm going to piggyback on yours and say the Seattle Seahawks, because they really are that impressive. They have the best offense in the NFL by a decent margin, 169 points. And I think the next closest is, you know, it was Dallas before they got hurt. Um, and then I think it's uh, um, uh, okay. Green Bay um, and New Orleans Saints, actually, too. But the their defense is awful. Right. And they still have a thirty five four point a thirty four point point differential, even though they've given up one hundred and thirty five points. That's real. Um, I, I agree with you on Russell uh, Russell Wilson. He, he's probably the best football player. I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback throwing the ball Mm -hmm. around. He's the best football player. He makes great football plays. His team wins because he is a great football player. Um, And I think that's a different conversation than, you know, being the flashiest quarterback, which is (coughs) probably Mahomes and so on and so forth. Um, And then the other, I will agree with you on the Carolina Panthers. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about this. And one thing that I said about Teddy Bridgewater is he's not the guy who's going to win you a bunch of football games, but he's definitely the guy who's not going to lose it. And that's sort of like what he's been doing for that team. You know, 122 points is not flashy, but it's enough to win. And their point differential is only four 122 to 118. Um, and they're, they're they're sticking with two pretty good teams with with Super Bowl aspirations and the, the last ditch effort of New Orleans and Drew and Drew Brees before you know he gets retired if he doesn't retire himself. And in Tampa Bay, who's gone pulled out all the stops to try and get uh, with with Tom Brady. Yeah, the other team that that, uh, surprised me, I'll just give you another team that surprised me. It's the Minnesota Vikings. I didn't think they would be great. I thought that they would be good enough to to win, and that, you know, I didn't think the defensive stuff, they're just freaking awful. Um, You know, we obviously know that I play, uh, I I pay a lot of attention to them. I don't know how you can be that bad with this much talent. Uh, Justin Jefferson is really good. Uh, Adam Thielen is really good. You know, Cook is really good. Madison, really good, and they really suck. And so much of it is the play calling. Um, and they—I know that they lost. Uh, you know, their offensive coordinator. But I can predict. This is Madden style. I can predict when they go up to the line exactly what they're going to do, and tell you exactly how the defense should adjust. And if I can do it while watching TV, you don't think that a professional. A middle linebacker can read it and figure it out. And they do constantly. I mean, it's just such a predictable, awful offense that the talent is being lost. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to be a really, really good wide receiver in this league, by the way. I know you're not a fan, uh, uh, Jason, but no, no watching no. him, he's 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 got something, man.
2: No, it's not, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just thought like a, there's this is you know I watch a lot of college. He was the I other think. guy, yeah, yeah. I, no, I just think there's a lot of players in college that are just beneficiaries of the guys that they play with. And you know if he's good, I mean hell, I'm, I'm I admit I'm wrong, but you know
1: he, that's just our thing. Yeah, he, there's a couple times so he's, he's you know he's young. His route running isn't perfect, but it's pretty good but there's a couple times where his ability to make a play um has really just astounded me and, and, and at this level it's pretty good but anyways um there's a lot of you know lot of players that uh I didn't know about in in, in the college uh world that have been impressive but anyway that's that's the NFC so two good one bad uh the Vikings being the I, bad
2: i, I got to say one thing about um the Dallas Cowboys um I think Mike Nolan is probably who used to be a 49er coach. I think he's the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL right now. But also, you know, the Colts, they want to blame their defense and they should blame their management. And the reason why is because the guy who is the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, the number one defense in the league, he was with the Cowboys before. And so the Cowboys had the guy in-house, and then they let him go to the Indianapolis Colts. Now he's the defense coordinator, and the number one, uh, his name is Mark. Last name starts with a E. E. So, but they had him in-house, so they could have had a guy, and they let him go. And so, you know, they could just blame Jerry Jones and or Stephen Jones or whoever for all their little, you know, mishaps on defense or whatever. They 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 blame everybody, you know, so – Want to say that to all my cowboy fans. Y'all had somebody in house and let him go. Speaking of the cowboys,
0: speaking of the cowboys, Mm -hmm. what happens to Dak? Real quick. What do you guys think happens to Dak now?
1: He loses a whole lot of money. Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is that your negotiating position when you lose your when when you weren't playing great and you're now out with a very serious injury. Um you don't have the bargaining position to try and say, you know, Hey, I want more than what you were offering me last summer. Usually you're going to have to take a little bit of a cut. I do think it might even lead to Dak having to go someplace else. I don't have anything against Dak. I don't necessarily think that he's as good as he was hoping to be paid to be. Um, I don't have anything against him, but it's a bad situation, man. It sucks. I, I never want to see anything like that happen to anyone.
2: Right? Yeah, um, I, we yeah. all know. I'm, yeah, we all know I'm not the biggest Dak fan, but I think the best that he can do, to be perfectly honest with you, is to get another what do you call it again? The, was it the franchise tag? Yeah, if he gets another franchise tag with Dallas, because I don't see any team ponying up long term, big money, hundred million dollar contract that he was already offered. I don't see that happening for him. The reason why an injury like that, even if he comes back, he's not going to be the same as he was before. It's going to take another year for him to get back at that. Yep. So, I you know, I just think he lost a whole lot of money. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think he's worth 30, 40 like he thinks he is. But he's not getting nowhere close to that whenever he comes back. Not, not I think the best he can do is a franchise tag and stay, to, stay as the uh, Cow, uh, Cowboys quarterback. That's if Andy Dalton doesn't, you know, do something
1: this year. He ain't. Gonna, I mean, look, true. Andy Dalton is is not gonna. He doesn't have enough. He doesn't have the ability to do enough to 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 make anyone feel comfortable. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, look, I do think it's unfortunate, and I, I wish you know wish Dak the best, obviously. Um, but he, there's just no way that this ends up the way Dak envisioned it in his mind at the beginning of the season. I, I kind of pictured Jerry Maguire. It's like bet on me, you know. He's gonna play. I'm gonna play out my shitty contract and get a. Um, And then we're gonna go. He he has all these big aspirations, and then he gets gets hurt, and and it put it all kind of in the, in the in the crapper. Uh, Are we gonna talk a little bit about the AFC? um, Yeah,
0: uh, and the things
1: we like there. Yeah, yeah, and then let's get to. Glenn, we good there?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to baseball. We're getting close though.
1: Um, so Pittsburgh uh, Steelers is one of the teams. You know, I I didn't think that they were gonna be this good. Um, by the numbers, they are the second best defense. Uh. The Indianapolis Colts have given up eighty-eight points. The the Steelers have given up eighty-seven points, and then the Ravens have only given up seventy-six points. Um, but uh, so yeah, so the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, have been really impressive at four and zero. The offense has been uh, you know moving things along. They're not scoring a ton of points at one hundred and eighteen points, but but they are playing really solid football on both sides of the uh, the, the ball. And, and and I thought I didn't think Mike Tomlin could make this magic trick with the uh, Roethlisberger who. Every 15 minutes talks about how he's ready to retire. I didn't think you could propel them to this point. Um, I still think the Ravens are going to end up ultimately winning that division. They have a 73-point uh, point differential with 149 points on offense and 76 on defense. Those are outstanding numbers and differentials. It says a lot about the defense and what their offense. But um, it's, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have impressed me to this point. Uh, the other one is, is, is obviously the Titans. We were talking a little bit about it. They're very, very straightforward. We're going to smash our guy into your guy because we think our guy's bigger. Um, offense is is working um, and and working pretty nicely. And the, the only thing that slowed them down so far is having to miss practices in games because of COVID. Um, and so you know that's that's pretty impressive. There, there are other teams that are doing well. Like we we can talk about players. Josh Allen would be at the top of my list right now of players that. I thought could possibly be okay or decent and are just freaking awesome so far this year. Um, But when it comes to teams, I think it's this the Steelers and the Titans. Jason.
2: Uh, Most of my surprise in the AFC are in a bad way. The only one in a good way I'm with you on the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I didn't think they'll start off four. No, I thought they were a team that just overachieved and that, you know, they were still going to come in this season, you know, fat and happy. And, uh, you know, they've taken this thing seriously. Now, you know, who knows? They might win the Super Bowl. They might not. I don't know. But they've taken this regular season seriously. And uh, like you said, when they have like a pretty simple offense, you can kind of battle through not having practices and maybe even some COVID losses uh, to that to date. So um, to give them props. Well, there's a lot of teams, though, man. I'm just, you know, you know, there's like actually a couple of players. It might surprise you, but I'm actually I know Mahomes is are great. But, man, I've watched Mahomes this year, man, and he's just not hitting passes like he used to, uh, like mm-hmm. last year. And I, I looked up some uh, some next-gen stats just to see if my hunch about him was correct. And as far as starting quarterbacks with accuracy versus expected, so passes that he should complete that he's not completing, he's fifth worst in the NFL of all starting quarterbacks. And so I'm like, so I don't know what's going on with Mahomes. Um Maybe he's just getting himself, you know, ready, to, you know, for midseason and the late season run. I
1: don't know. Of course, you know, I don't think he's. A I have an idea. What's that? He's throwing way more 50 50 balls than he has in the past. He was a precision passer, even d- deep. And he yeah. would throw things to Tyreek Hill in the run and he would, and he would land in his lap and be able to keep running. There are so many times where he's looking for the big play that he throws up the 50 50 ball. And and he's not getting as many of those because they're not as great an opportunity. And it's yep. it's 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 you can see it. Yeah, you can say it. like he chucked that up because he has confidence that Tyreek Hill can get it. He didn't get it. He didn't get an interception, but it, it looks like a, a negative play overall. Anyways. Gotcha. Yeah. That's no. No,
2: no. That's no. That's a good one. Um. Another one. Uh. Indianapolis coach Philip Phillip Rivers is is done. I'm pretty much done with him. <laughs> um. For the Cincinnati Bengals, I said in our uh, you know, our pre our Preview show that this guy's going to get sacked seventy times. He's going to get killed uh, behind an offensive line. <laughs> they need to. They need to seriously think about having another quarterback take some reps because I am i don't think burrow's going to make it through the season. He's already gotten hit more times than any quarterback in the league, and I think he's taking the most sacks as well. And it's not even. It's not even close. Who's in second? So they're going to get him. It's, I'm, I'm. I'm envisioning David Carr all over again, and I don't want to see that happen to anybody. You know, where after their third year in the league, they're pretty much done from all the hits and sacks they've taken. So I think Cincinnati really needs to do something about that line. I think, but Brian, you, you have AJ green as your fantasy player. Oh man, he's that, gone. Yeah. I, I actually,
1: I got rid of him. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. that
2: Burrow to green combination, it, it ain't working. Yeah. It's, it's not well,
1: working. I just think green has decided he doesn't want to play football for the Bengals, um, And, and he's doing everything he can to just get kicked out. Like, that was last year. And I think he wanted to see what he could do with Burrow. I don't think it has anything to do with those two players. And I just think Green is going to do anything and everything he can get out of there. So anyways, there's an article today that I was reading. Um, the title of it was, should the Bengals sit Joe Burrow to stop the talent from being hammered out of him? It's along the oh, lines really? of what you were said. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow. It, so, you know, there are other people who are, are right on board with what you're saying uh, with that idea that it's like it's not because Joe Burrow isn't talented because he certainly is. Right. Um but uh, it, there's it's obvious that there's just no way um, you can survive a season getting hit the way he's getting hit, and Vegas knows too because Joe Burrow used, has for a long time been the favorite to become the uh, the rookie of the play rookie of the year, and it's been he's been overtaken by uh, Justin Herbert.
2: Oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Herbert's
1: yeah. playing, yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I I think I think the last two games, I think uh, Burrow's taken like fourteen or sixteen. Man, it's bad. It's was really <laughs> bad. Um, the Jets, they're uh, they're horrible. Um, there's one that? more team I want to talk about. Oh yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are doing yeah, their thing. Um, I last week that actually the most bet team, like the team that had the most dollars on them uh, last week, was actually the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, that point spread was fourteen, went all the way down to ten and a half. A lot of people believed in the Raiders. I'm not sure if they thought they were gonna win, but I think that win for the Raiders is really, really big for Gruden and really, really big for the franchise yes. uh, itself to you know, to try to build some momentum uh while being uh in Vegas. And I'm I'm I think I'm a fan of um of Josh Jacobs, I think he's that kind of runner that uh that Gr- that yeah. Gruden likes, one of them hard nosed runner. Montana. I don't know if he'll be you know have a ten year career balling like that, but I know as far as like early in his career right now, he's a real hard nosed runner, and I'm looking forward to see if he doesn't kind of fall off a cliff this year because the last five games he did, he seemed like he got burnt out. So I want to see if he's able to sustain that because if he does, I think the Raiders have a decent shot to make one of them seven uh
1: playoff spots in the uh in the AFC. So hey, uh, I'm going to – let me say something about the Raiders real quick. I think that the Raiders have a schedule that allows them to take advantage yes, sir. of, if they can uh, of win, it.
0: If they can win games, they're supposed to win, which is a problem for the Raiders every year.
1: But go ahead. Yeah, and they, and they may very well find a way into the playoffs. But I do not think that they are a playoff-caliber team when you look at the fact that at 3-2 and – they still have a negative point differential between what, they're, what they can score and what they give up. That defense is emerging. Um, you can't give up 152 points, um, only scoring 151. 152 points is just too many to give up no matter what. Um, but at 151, being upside down in that number tells me that their record is um, better than their performance and means to me that, yeah, they're going to be able to beat a Browns team and a Chargers team and uh, maybe even the Broncos and the you know, Hawks suck, and they have the Jets. But the Colts, the Chiefs, um, those types of games are going to be the ones you're going to look at, and I, I think they might might struggle there a little bit down the line. It's but all, anyways, yeah, it's all uh, yeah that, all that was the same
0: as last year. It's a Good record though. Yeah, yeah, all defense. Yeah. But we kind of did the same thing last year too. I and mean, then, like, we won that right. Bears game, and then we lost to the Jets by thirty, and then the Chiefs by thirty, and or they scored thirty. You know what I mean? So. To me, yeah. it's all defense, right? Like everything you guys said. Yeah. And that's, that's for every team, right? I, I, defense wins championships. It, that's always what it is. It,
2: you know, I wouldn't be too worried about the Chargers because, you know, I've never been a fan of that coach. I just don't think he's good. I like I him, just, bro. I I've like never him. thought he was good.
1: And they I have like Justin Herbert no, yeah. for a
2: lot of yards, but they're still losing games. So
1: Barely, though. You no, know, I don't. If they make I think games. Justin Herbert's going to be a great quarterback for next year's coach, which will be different than this year. <laughs> <laughs> they make, they make, uh, and they still can't find a damn kicker. And the, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, amazing yeah. to me. Like I don't know how many times they've gone. Badgley was good, and, and 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 even in this in, in the touch moments there, it, there's a curse on on the Chargers. Right. It, it's not the stadium. You know they got a new stadium. They just got a curse on them of something that doesn't allow them to have kickers who can perform. And the clutch, and I so. love
2: Badgley, and you guys know why. Yeah, he went to the U. I mean, I'm just, and he's over there <laughs> missing. Like, yeah. come on, man.
0: But yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's all I got to say. They're going to the be tough because they almost, I think they almost beat the like the, the Chargers had to come back to get them. I think right, or was that no? Yeah, it was them. I think they played them already, and that was a close game. And then they could, yeah. they could have beat the the Saints. Uh, Herbert looks nice, so they got a squad. Like, for me, I was happy, right, when they were losing games. Like, okay, cool, we might have a couple wins here. The Broncos, I think, are falling off because of the quarterback situation. But the Chargers are like – before, I'm like, okay, that should be, you know, <clears throat> at least a couple wins in the division. And now I'm like, damn, they got to play. You know what I mean? It's not no guarantee because Chargers can ball, and he can throw the ball, and the defense is the issue for us. So
1: – You know what's up. funny? I'm looking at the, the Raiders' record, and the three games that they have won – were ones that I thought they probably should have lost, right? The Saints, a playoff team who was playing pretty well. The Chiefs, obviously, Super Bowl champions. The Panthers, who are playing well. I would have given that either way. I would have flipped the coin. I would have said that they could have had a chance to beat the Patriots because the Patriots are going to be down. I would have said they almost certainly would have beat the Bills, and those are their two losses. So – you know, I'm here predicting. You know what's going to happen in the forward with with the Raiders. I would have done exactly the opposite if I had to pick each of those games.
0: Yeah. And the Bills are um, up.
1: at the beginning of the season. And the Bills are the Bills are yeah. solid. Um, yeah.
0: they were a playoff team last year, so I already knew that because that was going to yeah. be a battle. We're going to have to play a good game, and we gave up too much in the air. And then um, the Patriots game. Bill Belichick, manages, he's a genius. So he already knew he just ran the ball over us. Just everybody was running, and they just couldn't. it just they just bled out. So. It's been interesting. He yeah. said, so basically, we're going to keep running the
1: same five plays until you stop it. You yeah, know, it's it's yeah. shout-out
0: to my boy Raymond, because that's what, how he hits me on Madden. But um, <laughs> for you guys, it's tough, because you guys got the injuries, and then you know the Vikings also. But the Vikings, you guys lost a bunch of defensive players, so I knew that coming in. And then the Niners are just having injuries. The only thing about the Niners that I'm already like, damn, is if the same thing happens that happened a few years ago when Jimmy G got hurt, <laughs> and then they get freaking Nick Bosa to on top of that defense... That's what happened last time, right? So they're almost on that yeah. same path of losing hella games and then getting another high draft pick and getting all those guys back next year, plus
1: a top well, player. Well, well, well two things for San Antonio. Yeah. Right. Two
2: things before I ask Brian the question real quick, yeah, uh, about that. And yeah, I mean our season was on the line against that. the Rams next game. I mean we lo- our season really was on the line against Miami, which is why they trotted Garoppolo out there even though he couldn't move. But our season's <laughs> on the line with the Rams. We lose this game to the Rams. We can just forget it and just start, you know, those guys on IR can just stay on IR yeah. because it's, it's not, it's not going to help. But one thing, Brian, before I ask you a question, yeah. you know, a lot of people are talking about Josh Allen. I'm still not sold on him. And the reason why, I, like I saw how scared he looked and the way he plays late in fourth quarters uh, last year, especially in that playoff game against Houston. I mean, they, they should have won that game. But he, yeah. in my mind, he blew it. And then I saw him against the Rams. And when the Rams are coming back, and if it wasn't for that pass, because he played terrible in the fourth quarter, and if it wasn't for that pass interference, that it was a pass interference, but if it wasn't for it, the Bills wouldn't have won that game. So I'm still not sold on Josh Allen like a lot of people are. But the question I want to ask you, Brian, is beginning of the year, the over-under on the Houston Texans was seven and a half, And they, I said they're going under, even though they got Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. And they are 1-4 right now. Do you think they'll be able
1: to get out that rut? No. 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 Yeah. On on the Josh Allen thing, you know, when you look at the offensive leaders right now, uh, your top four passers are Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. Not a bad combination of folks to be in. I agree with you. He's not not a superstar yet, but he's got arm talent, um, and he's He's got a little bit of moxie, and he's just got to develop leadership. Yeah. He's gotten better, too. I will admit he's gotten better. Yeah.
2: Their team their good. team is
1: And awesome. and that, that that Stefan Diggs guy, he's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> you know, he's number 2 in receiving behind DeAndre Hopkins. Um and you know, the trade of DeAndre Hopkins lost the, the Houston GM his job. Um and but you know, Ste- DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs are one two in receiving and it's pretty good when you have a guy like that come to your team um and, and are able to help out.
0: All right, word. Let's uh let's shift a few real quick to baseball. Yeah. I don't I don't really yeah, yeah. watch, but just give me a quick rundown of what's going on for anyone who is a baseball fan. Go ahead, B.
1: You start. I'll follow. All right. Here's here's what everyone needs to know. The Dodgers are choking yet again. Um, and I'm gonna say say this, uh, you know, they're down three one after tonight's game. Um, you know, Kershaw had another outing where uh, you know, he he needed to perform. They put him in there in the biggest moment. And the one of the greatest players and pitchers to ever play choked, uh, and I was telling someone earlier, Kershaw is is so amazing, um, and when you watch him nine times out of ten, he is, you know, you, you're mesmerized at what he's doing. But I think the Dodgers have gotten to a point where it's a mental block more than anything else, and they're going to have to get rid of Kershaw, despite him being one of the greatest to ever do it if they ever want to get to where they want to go. And it's weird to say that about, you know, hey, getting rid of one of your best players and one of the best ever in order to move forward. But there's just a mental block of him in, in, um, in, in, uh, in a Dodger uniform at this point. And, and there's just something about, um, you know, his feelings about what happened early on in, in his career that he can't get past. Uh, and that's unfortunate. The the Atlanta team is, is just, they're just pounding him. Um, I'm really, really hoping that Tampa Bay can get rid of the Houston Astros because I hate seeing cheaters uh succeed in any way, shape, or form. But that game is is going on. The Astros have uh gotten life. It's three two now. Um and I uh, Tampa Bay is is definitely got a lot of talent. And it if you would ask me, and I look I am not a, a very close follower of the game, but I follow it um Enough to understand what's going on and where teams are and whether you, no one no one has the the Braves in Tampa Bay playing each other in the uh, World Series as they're this year. I'll tell you that. Jason, what do you have to say?
2: Uh, let's see. I'll start, I'll start with Tampa Bay. Um, I hate the Yankees, so I'm just happy they got rid of them. But uh, Tampa Bay is actually a really good team, and they are an actual legitimate World Series winning Threat. I think they have yeah, the to win the World Series. Um, so, the lower half of the bracket of Houston Astros, I just don't like Houston. I knew the A's wouldn't beat them because the A's went as far as always the A's go that, you know, that next series. And that's pretty much it before Houston beat them. And I'm hoping, I'm like you, I hope Tampa Bay beats Houston. On the other side, uh, Atlanta, I mean, they're just they're like, they're just playing, you know, just free and clear. They have no pressure. They're just going out there and just playing ball. And it looks like they might make the World Series. in beat the Dodgers the thing about the Dodgers though I'm with you on that Clayton Kershaw thing I think they're gonna have to I've you know thought the same thing myself haven't actually said it you actually said it I think getting rid of Curt- Clayton Kershaw might actually help them to me he um a lot of people probably some people disagree with this but I look at him like the Atlanta Braves when they had Maddox and they had Glavin and Smoltz and it just seems like in the playoffs. The reason the reason why Maddox and uh, Glavin didn't have success like Smoltz is because Smoltz can actually throw the ball past good teams in the playoffs, where Matt, where you know they the others couldn't, Maddox couldn't, Glavin couldn't. That's why they got ripped in the playoffs. And that's how I look at Caden Kershaw. That you know he doesn't get the ball past people in the in the playoffs. He can paint the corners and do all that good stuff like Maddox and did in the regular season. But once the playoffs start, you got to throw the ball past people. and He has problems doing that. And some location issues as well. And he, you know, he gets ripped and, you know, just doesn't have a good playoff record. So I'm with you. I think they need to get rid of him. And I think they can get a bolt load for him. And I think if they did, I think they have a real, really good shot uh, to win the World Series. Cause I don't think
1: it's gonna happen this year. Yeah, it's definitely not happening this year. You're not coming back from 3 1. Yep.
0: Word up. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for filling me in. Cause I don't watch no baseball, but I might turn on the game now. So, all right, cool. So that's our show, man. We're at the minute to win it. Um, our last segment, I'm going to just real quick, um, I don't have much. I'm just giving a shout-out to the WNBA champions, the Seattle Storm. It's their fourth one. Uh, shout-out to Sue Bird, and Brianna Stewart balling out. So that's all I got. Congrats to the, to the women. Um, and also, you know, everything they did as far as uh, social justice was concerned throughout their season. They are pretty exemplary. So shout-out to them as, as WNBA champions. You guys go ahead.
2: I'll go real quick. I got to give shout-out uh, to the NBA, man. That playoff bubble was exciting. Uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, you saw some, you know, young players kind of grow up and, you know, young teams kind of grow up a little bit and, you know, got some momentum going into the next season to see if they can follow that up. So I think the uh, the bubble for the NBA was a definite success. They spent one hundred and fifty million dollars on it. And I just think they did a great job. And I think a lot of leagues can actually learn from the things that they did. And, uh, you know, to have a good, you know, if it comes to that point to have a bubble or a secluded series look at what what the NBA did. So I got to give a shout out to them and season's over, but they did a great job.
1: Cool. Um, I'm of the mindset. So mine is always one that's usually not about uh, sports. I'm going there again, but I'm going to start by a poet, J Rock, who said, if you're not with me, you're against me, ho. Um, And that's how I feel about the election right now. I've gotten to a point where if you are at all, thinking about voting for our current president, given what has happened over the last month or so, him telling a white supremacist group to stand by, you are against me <laughs> um, and you are against the people that I am with and the people that, that um, are, are being subjugated. And it's important that I make that, that point really clear. And so often, it's unfortunate that the only way that people hear this, because there's people who are, you know, think it's conservative versus liberal, and it's not that. It's, it's um, human decency versus disgustingness. Um, but nobody, if I went over and asked anybody, would you, would you vote for someone who's molesting a child or as has, has relationships with children or any of these types of things? The answer is, no, 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 no. All that disgusting. If anyone ever did that, that's disgusting behavior. I would never do it. Why is racism treated differently? And it's so obvious that when you say, you know, stand by, stand back and stand by to a uh, a group of, of white supremacists, and when you come out when a governor has a kidnapping plot and attack the governor who was going to be kidnapped and murdered, at what point in time does anything that that person say – allow you to be even tacitly accepting of their, their, they're not their their possibility of them being president. Um, I don't, I don't know who listens to our, our show. I, I can't imagine that there are too many people who listen to our show who, you know, three black men talking about sports um, who think that Donald Trump is a wonderful person, but it is time for everybody who's listening to our show and everyone that they're around to expect more from the people that they're dealing with. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, I can still be cool. It's time to not be cool. It's time to be insulted and hurt and, and expect more from the people that, that we're around. Um, It's time to thin the herd. It's time to, to say that if you honestly believe that, you can vote based on policy. If you can vote uh, on on tax rules and, and tax breaks and tax cuts, and that vote is against my ability to have life, um, to, to live, to have my children's lives be respected, uh, then we're not cool anymore. So, that's me. That's what I'm gonna say.
0: Word up. Um, just real quick off that, uh, the current the guy who's in in the White House now also was a friend of a guy who um suspiciously died named jeffrey epstein so take that for what you want um as what you just said wholeheartedly
1: agree um yeah
0: so that's our show uh thanks for listening uh, if you are a republican or um who's voting for trump y'all buy shoes too go ahead and tune in um that's a, that's a joke <laughs> but um yeah so we appreciate everybody for listening love y'all we'll catch you on the next one sports counterpoints podcast we're out